like to welcome you to the first day of our seminar on Canto One Overview of Srimad Bhagavatam. So the picture you are seeing up here is the whole first canto. We're going to do half of it today. The first part is Narada and Vyasadev, the first section. And each one of these numbers is a chapter. But we're going to go to the chapters with a picture for every verse. And this is all based on this book here, Canto One Overview, and you can get a copy after class if you want one. And it has a picture for every verse. A new one? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in color. In color. <coughs> last, two years, last year I did Gita, and the year before I did the full Bhagavatam. So now this is only first canto. So it's different. Right. So Narada and Vyasa, here we have in the first section, we have the questions of the sages, Mangalachana. And uh, the first three chapters will teach us how to be receptive hearers and qualified speakers of Srimad Bhagavatam. And we will let, learn how where Krishna Krishna, when Krishna is away, when Krishna is forgotten, then everything is inauspicious. And where Krishna is present, everything is auspicious. Yesterday, if here, he, he was writing so many things, but he didn't describe Krishna enough. So then we'll hear about the change of heart in chapter 2. The progression is given. And then we'll hear how it's shown in the life of Narayana. Then the second part, Krishna Hastinapur and Dwaraka, we'll see Krishna appearing in Bhagavatam in chapter 7. And then he's, Quinti comes and offers prayers to him before he leaves to go to Dwaraka. And then they go to the bedside of Vishwadev, who's about to leave his body. So with, with chapter 9, we will end today. So, now this is chapter 1. Uh, of the whole chapter one, each of these petals is a verse number. So the first section here is Mangalacharam, and there are three, it means auspicious invocation, and there are three parts to the invocation. First part is called Vastavyadesh, and that means what is the subject, and the subject is Krishna, the subject of Bhagavatam. And the second verse will give us um, benedictions. And the third verse will give us, uh, it will be namaskar, offering obeisances. And so Krishna here is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and he's described in the whole Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is a commentary on the Gauta Sutra. Now, in the second verse, we find out some benedictions. Uh, and we also find out uh, how it's connected to Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita starts with, I mean, ends with Sarvadharma Pritaja, give up all varieties of religion. And Bhagavatam starts with kicking out all varieties of cheating religion. So that's first connection. There are two connections of Gita to Bhagavatam. As we say, first read Gita and then read Bhagavatam. So there are connections here. And what is the benediction and also the qualification to receive the message, the qualification to hear. 
So this is going to be a lesson. Every picture will have a few lessons, and at the end of the picture, I'll ask you, what lessons did you learn from this picture? So here, listen carefully, here's the first lesson. What is the qualification to hear Srimad Bhagavatam? You must be non-envious, and you must hear attentively and submissively. That's the qualification to hear, lesson number one. And then, uh, and the benediction is, if you hear submissively and attentively, you will capture Krishna in your heart. He's there, but you can't see him. But if you listen attentively and submissively, you will see him. Not only in your heart, in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. And the third verse is the desire tree of the Vedas and the ripened fruit. We see some mangoes in this tree, that is Srimad Bhagavatam. The ripened fruit is the desire tree of Vedic literature. It is rasa, and it is eternal rasa, and it is sweet. So Vyasadeva is calling us to drink the Srimad Bhagavatam because it has become like a liquid juice which we can drink. Now, second section, Sages Worship Sutta. Uh, Bhagavatam begins in the forest of Namshuanya, and they want to perform a hundred thousand years sacrifice to please the Lord. And um, why, why is Bhagavatam going to be spoken? There are two purposes to Bhagavatam described here, and this will be our second lesson. That is for the benefit of the people and for the Lord, the pleasure of the Lord. Swagai is for the pleasure of the Lord, and Lokai is for the benefit of the people. And that's why Srimad Bhagavatam is spoken for two purposes. So then we go to the next section. The sages ask questions that is here. Third section, six questions. And the essential question is about <coughs> what is the ultimate good for the people in general and the essence of all the scriptures. <coughs> so then here, the holy name and the devotees, they are glorified right in the beginning and the end of the whole of Bhagavatam is the holy name and throughout Bhagavatam the holy name is described. And uh, I'll read verses 14 and 15. There's a picture for every verse and a poem for every verse, too. Souls in birth and death in mesh will find their consciously, consciousness refreshed by chanting Krishna's holy name, which frightens fear and spoils his game. So here is fear, death. Death is fear personified. Everybody's afraid of death. If you chant Hare Krishna, even unconsciously, you will be protected from death. And the second... Um, part here is about devotees. Sages take full shelter, full and complete, at Krishna's lotus feet. They thus can quickly sanctify, as Ganga does as years go by. So you may take bath in Ganges, but it will take many, many years to get purified. But if you just see a devotee or take shelter of a devotee, it's immediate. So here's lesson number three. If you chant the holy name, and become servant of the servant of Krishna to transcend death and to be blessed. That's the third lesson in this picture. And the last section is about spiritual master. He's the captain of the boat to take us across this ocean of Kali. And they also has asked their final question about 
Where has religion gone now that Krishna has left the planet? Okay. So, does anybody remember one lesson that we learned from this picture? Yes? To hear Shrivabhagavatam qualification is that we should be not envious. Oh, not envious? Submissive. Submissive and attentive hearing. Good. And then we can see Krishna. Yeah, we will capture Krishna in our heart. Krishna in heart and yeah. Page, and okay. Any other lesson you learned here? Uh, okay, yes. When taking shelter on the devotee, we can immediately hmm. attain perfection. Yes, and chanting the holy name. Yeah. Yes, did you have the same one or another one? No, this Srimad uh, Bhagavatam is written for the, for the pleasure of God and for the people. For the people, very good. You got the purpose of Bhagavatam. So much we learn in the first chapter. Okay, now second chapter, part one, chapter two. It's a long chapter, so there's two parts. First part, Sutta worships Shukadev because he was he heard from Shukadev Shrimad Bhagavatam. Now he's speaking. And real Dharma, here's the answer to the question: um, What is the ultimate benefit for humanity and essence of all scriptures? The same answer to two questions, and the answer is here in verse 6, pure devotional service is the essence of all scriptures and the ultimate good for humanity. And that's the lesson. That's a first lesson is the, what is the ultimate good for humanity and the essence of all scriptures. And one time Prabhupada was speaking with a professor, and the professor asked him what's the most important verse, the essence of Bhagavatam, and Prabhupada gave this verse, this is the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the most important, if you should remember, you should remember this verse, verse 6. Very important verse. So then, um, now this section is about absolute truth, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. And verse 13 is about Varnashram. And here's lesson number two. The purpose of Varnashram is to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We hear a lot about Varnashram. But what is the purpose? Is to please Krishna. So 14 again is about chanting the holy name and uh, hearing and chanting. And 15, here's, he's cutting off all his karma, all these branches are karma. How is he cutting it off? By the sword of remembering Krishna. Okay, two lessons we had here. Anybody remember one lesson? Walk past, yes. Uh, the purpose of the Bhagavatam. Uh, of the Varnasana Dharma is to please Krishna. Purpose of Varnasana is to please Krishna. And the other one was, what is the ultimate good for humanity and essence of all scriptures? Yes? It's uh, uh, pure devotion. Pure devotion. Good. 
Okay, part two, Shada to Prema. Oops, doesn't work. Shada to Prema. Shada to Prema. So here we have hearing and chanting. And then almost all the dirty things are removed by regular attendance above some class. The woes of nature run away, especially passion and ignorance. Becoming goodness and then unalloyed goodness. And the chain of karma is broken, you see the Lord in the heart. That's Shada. Shada to Prema. And I'll read verse 18. That's a famous, a famous verse. Hearing Bhagavatam each day for sure and service to the devotee pure removes an artist and makes you ready for devotional service that's always steady. And here in the lesson of verse 18 is that we should always hear Srimad Bhagavatam. If we hear Bhagavatam, we will be with Krishna. So this first lesson here. Now Vasudeva, everything is for Vasudeva. He is the goal of knowledge, sacrifice, yoga, and austerities, and real religion is worshiping him. And then the last part is three Purushas, three Vishnus. One question was about them, and so here is the answer to that question. So what was the lesson we learned here? <coughs> yes. Well, we should always hear Bhagavatam. Mm, good. Hearing Bhagavatam, we are with Krishna. Yeah, with Krishna. We hear Bhagavatam. Very good. So now, Purusha avatars. Again, more on the Purusha avatars, the three visions. And here is the here are the Leela avatars. So he describes 22 out of the unlimited incarnations of Krishna. Uh, here we see Varaha, four Kumaras, Narada, Narnarayana, Kapiladev. Dhammantri, Kritu, Matsya Kurma, Mohini, Dhammantri. Here's Dhammantri. And notice that other one was not Dhammantri, that was Dattatraya. Shindev, Bhamana, Yasdev, Ram. Even though Krishna is in the list, he's also special. We'll hear about that later. So, do we have any? No, no lessons here. I'll read one verse, 26. Liberation is serious stuff of demigods we've seen enough. Although to them we humbly bow, we, will, we worship only Vishnu. Now, oh, that's the wrong, sorry, wrong chapter. But it was a nice verse anyway. <laughs> The Lord's incarnations flow endlessly, like rivulets from a boundless sea. His innumerable forms, all divine, appear by his transcendental design. So uh, there's innumerable waves of incarnations. So now the, here, there's one verse that's all by itself, because it's called the emperor verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. So this verse is about Krishna, and it's our first lesson here. I'll read it. Krishna is Godhead, the Supreme Person, with many incarnations, but he is the first one. They appear if there is atheistic disturbance to protect devotees wrapped in his remembrance. 
And so the important, the theme of the whole Bhagavatam is here, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is a lesson, the first lesson, or maybe only lesson, no, first lesson. And uh, all incarnations come from him. He's the origin of all incarnations. He's the first one. The second section here is about Janardhan, subtle, gross and subtle material worlds. Here is the subtle form, it's formless. <laughs> so, you can see no form here, no form, and universal form is here. Jai, welcome. First canto overview. <laughs> the Janardhan, and here's the rising sun. The last part, rising sun of Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is brilliant as the sun. So here is Vyasadeva holding it up and it's shining. This is the light in Kali Yuga. It's Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the sun, the rising sun. And it's shining on all the people here who are in the darkness of Kali, of ignorance. So I'll read verse 43. The Bhagavad Purana, like the sun, has arisen. For men in this dark age have lost their spiritual vision. Krishna with knowledge and religion did depart. Now this Purana shall enlighten their hearts. So this is Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, lesson here is that Srimad Bhagavatam is the literary incarnation of Lord Krishna. So it's the book incarnation, literary incarnation of Lord Krishna. So what was the other lesson we learned here? Um, yes. Yeah. Krishna's Supreme Personality of Godhead, exactly. I think that's the title of Krishna book, right? Essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, uh, what was the other lesson we learned? It also has to do with Krishna. Yes? When there's atheism, all the incarnations to dissolve this atheism coming from. Oh, okay. Krishna. Well, you learned a there's a lesson in every verse, actually. So if you hear, if you know some more lessons that you didn't, that I didn't tell you, you can tell them too. Okay, and another lesson about Krishna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Shiva Bhagavatam is the book incarnation. Shiva Bhagavatam is the book incarnation of Krishna. Good, good. So now we're moving on to chapter four. Oh, she, this is the whole chapter. And the first part, Shonak has questions. He's asking Sutta about the history of Bhagavatam. How did Vyasadeva get, uh, get inspiration? Why did Purusha renounce? And a little bit of story about Shukadeva's life is here. And the second part, Vyasa writes Mahabharata, and he divides all the Vedas. And... Uh, gives them to his disciples. And then the, the last part here, unsatisfied Vyasa meets Narada. Now he wrote Vedanta, he wrote the Vedas, he wrote everything, but he's still not happy. So what does that mean? If the author doesn't like his own books, why should we read them? Better just read Shrimad Bhagavatam. Don't get into Vedanta and Veda and all these things. Okay, next, uh, chapter five, part one. Narada questions Vyasadeva. Is your health okay? Or is it, would you have a mental problem? Um, 
and, and he does actually. Um, so Vyasa questions Nara, and he says, well, you're my guru, so you tell me. You should know. And then Narada chastises Vyasadeva. Um, you have not described the glories of Krishna. And here we have crows uh, eating. This is, these are books which are mundane literature. They are the place of pilgrimage for crows. And interestingly enough, I just recently heard in the lecture of Prabhupada that this includes Vedanta and Vedanta. <laughs> And Vedas. <laughs> it's also for the crows because Krishna is not there enough. You don't find Krishna. Uh, so then I'll read. Yeah, and the lesson here is that Krishna is all auspicious. Without his presence, everything is inauspicious. And this is going to be a theme that runs throughout the first canto of Bhagavatam. So that's our first lesson here in this chapter. Um, I'll read verses. Chant and eleven. Chapter five. Part one. The places of pilgrimage for crows where Krishna Kata never flows are disliked by genuine sages and saints who are always free from mundane things. But the scriptures of the Lord are so different, being full of nectar of divine content, they bring about a true revolution. For misdirected lives they give the solution. Yeah, we were all a lot of us were hippies and we were looking for a revolution and Prabhupada gave it to us. But that revolution is not material and external, it's, it's in the heart of the people. <coughs> so here in the last section, Krishna uplifts the fallen devotees. So sometimes the devotee may join the movement, but then he may leave. He may join under some sediment and then he doesn't get perfection and he just leaves in an immature state. So you may think, well, what happens? But here, um, Krishna doesn't forget the fallen devotee. And that's our, <coughs> our lesson here. Even if a devotee falls down, he's protected by the Lord. And I'm going to read verse 18, which is also an interesting verse. Happiness comes of its own accord, and misery too, due to karma stored. Philosophically inclined, intelligent men endeavor for going back to God again. So... What lessons do we learn in this picture on chapter 5, first canto of Shema? Yes? Mundane literature is like a image place <laughs> for crows. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Very good. Any other lessons? Krishna protects even if the devotee falls down. Yeah, even if the devotee falls down, Krishna protects. And one more lesson, which is a theme that runs throughout first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna is all auspicious, and in, when Krishna is not present, then everything becomes inauspicious. We'll hear that again and again in this first canto. So part two. Everything for Krishna. Austerities, penances, sacrifice, everything. Charity should be offered uh, in devotional service to Krishna. Second section. Whoa, and that's also, and all endeavors should be used to glorify Krishna. So whatever you're doing, you should use it for glorification. And that is the lesson. The lesson we learn in this, in this uh, picture.
Narada serves the sages. So when he was a boy, the sages came to visit. They blessed him. He took the remnants of their prasad. And he was blessed. So the prasadam from Pirnavodi, like Siddha Prabhupada, is amazing. And it has amazing effects if you take the remnants. When Siddha uh, Kirti tells the story, one Surius on the airplane, air hostess, um, when they were eating, they were with Prabhupada and they were eating Prabhupada's prasad remnants, she grabbed some and threw it in her mouth. You know, it was very uh, bad behavior for an air stewardess. You're not supposed to do that. And years later, they, when they were doing door-to-door -door book distribution, they knocked on this door and, and she opened it. It was full of pictures of Krishna. She had become a devotee, this air, air, air hostess. She just got Prabhupada's maha. And so it's very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, so Narada, he, he got, uh, he went into Bhava because of his serving the pure devotees. So service, service of the devotees. Here he is doing different things, washing the floor, chanting with them, worshiping with them, eating their prasad, listening to them. So I'll read verses 25 and 26. I ate the remnants when auspicious day, and all my sins were washed away. I was transformed, purified at heart, thus my spiritual life did start. I heard their talk so attentively, and my taste increased proportionately. They spoke of Lord Krishna and how he appears, I drank it all in with wide open ears. That was Narada Muni. And I, we could say the same of Siddha Prabhupada, that we were just we were of low birth, and we heard Prabhupada, and we served him, and, and we were able to stay, remain as, as devotees in his movement, in his devotional service. So, attraction for Krishna by hearing. So, Nara describes how anyone can be attracted to Krishna. While you do your duties, at the same time you should chant and hear. Jet in here. Here we have our, our Jagannath's Yatra cart is here, and the devotee is so it's it's like a prophecy for tomorrow. The devotee is singing and dancing in front of the little rot cart. This one that looks like a little one like ours. And we go on. Humble, humble Rati Yatra cart. And uh, just glorify Krishna. Now everybody's glorifying Krishna. And that's how Narada, because how he made progress. First, he got knowledge, then he got mystic powers, and then he got bhava, one after the other. First knowledge, first comes knowledge. And Prabhupada said, all devotees, this we can expect this to happen to us too. Knowledge, mystic powers, and bhava. But bhava comes last. So mystic powers are not so important. And knowledge is, is important, knowledge about Krishna, Samanda again. Okay, does anybody remember the lesson from this picture? <coughs> yes? All our endeavors, all sacrifice, penances, mm -hmm. uh, all activities should be done for pleasing Krishna. Good, good. Everything for Krishna. Okay, so now in the next picture, we're going to chapter 6, part 1. Vyasa questions Narada.
about uh, Belsadev asked Narada about his previous life. So Narada tells a story how he was attached to his mother, he was going to the Gurukul. Then one day a snake bit his mother and she died and, and he immediately left home and started wandering into sometimes through cities, through dangerous places where there were tigers, through nice, nice forests where there were deer. And uh, then finally he drank some water and he sat under a tree to meditate. Oh, it's called Boy Narada Travels. And Narada sees the Lord. He's, wow, in his meditation, he saw the Lord in the heart. But then the Lord disappeared. And the Lord speaks. The Lord said, you've only seen me once, and this is just to increase your desire for me. Because the more you hanker for me, the more you'll be free from all material desires. So then... Narada continues his devotional practice and he changes into a spiritual body at the time of death. And then at the end of Brahma's day, he went in, back into Brahma's body and he was born as the son of Brahma in the next day of Brahma. So Narada travels. So here is the story of Narada's life. Without restriction, he goes to the spiritual and material worlds and there's a beautiful verse, if you're full of cares and anxieties due to desiring contact with senses with objects, you can cross the ocean on a most suitable boat, constant chanting of the transcendental activities of the Lord. So that is the lesson of this picture. To be free from anxiety, always chant the Lord's glories. So I, won't t I just told you that. So. I don't think you'll forget in a second. Um, remember. So Vyasadeva's vision. Now Vyasadeva is meditating on the bank of the Saraswati River. And he has a vision which gives him inspiration for the Mangalacharan and which is, contains the essence of the four seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. So he sees Krishna and behind Krishna is Maya and Maya is controlling all the conditioned souls through the three modes of nature. So therefore, he writes Srimad Bhagavatam to help the people be free from the modes of nature. Read verse, I'm going to read verse 7. What happens if we hear and chant Srimad Bhagavatam? Another benediction is coming to us. By hearing Bhagavatam, love for Krishna sprouts and Material illusion is kicked out. A feeling for his service is sown in the heart. Lamentation and fear, those depart. So here we go. This is uh, what happens when we hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And that is the lesson here. Uh, that if we hear Bhagavatam, devotional service awakens and you're free from lamentation, fear, and illusion. So if you have any of those mental problems, then read Srimad Bhagavatam, hear Srimad Bhagavatam. So Atmarama here, Atmarama verse. Uh, these are liberated souls. Souls who are not materially bound are so satisfied, yet still they are found, desiring to serve Him, the Supreme Lord, 
For in Krishna, such spiritual attractiveness is stored. So Shukadeva tells us about his life, how he was attracted to hearing Bhagavatam. Even though he left home at birth, imagine the renunciation. He didn't even look back at his mother and father. Just, you know, poor father was running after him. Wait, don't go. My son, my son. Uh, but because uh, Krishna promised him, you, if you come out of the womb, he didn't want to come out. If you come out of the womb, then you won't be affected by Maya. And so it was true. He, he ran, but then he, was, he came back to hear Shimai Bhagavatam from his father, Yasudev. So the next part, Arjuna chast, uh, chases Ashwatthama. Now here in this we see the second connection of Gita to Bhagavatam. The battle in Gita, Krishna is on Arjuna's chariot and he's, it's before the battle begins. Now the battle is finished. They are coming away from the battle of Kurukshetra. The battle is over. And so this is another connection of Gita and Bhagavatam. Here we see Krishna is still driving Arjuna's chariot and he's entering Srimad Bhagavatam. Like that. That's his entrance. Uh, so Bhagavatam begins where Gita ends. So what was the, uh, the lesson we learned in the first part here of Srimad Bhagavatam? Mm -hmm. By hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, illusion, limitation, and fear destroyed mm -hmm. uh, all the Good. So we go to chapter A, part one. The Brahmastra is foiled. Ashatama threw another Brahmastra to kill the Pandavas, and Arjuna threw one to counteract his Brahmastra. And he's praying to Krishna, what should I do? Krishna said, just retract both of them. So Arjuna retracted them. Here's Arjuna's test. He captured Ashwatthama, and he was ready to kill him, but Draupadi said, no, spare him. His mother should not be a widow like I am. Why should his mother be a widow? But Krishna said, kill him. And Bhima said, kill him. Well, Bhima and Krishna were on the side, but Yudhisthira agreed with Draupadi, Yudhisthira and the other Pandavas. So, um, Krishna had to discover two extra hands. One side he was stopping Jopani, one side he was stopping Bhima. You see them on two sides fighting. And Arjuna, he had to satisfy everyone. So it's called Arjuna's test. So then at the end, Ashvatthama punished. So he just um, took out, cut his hair, gave him a haircut, cut off his jewel from his head. He had a jewel that was attached to his forehead, and he drove him out of the camp. So he's in exile since the last 5,000 years, wandering the earth. Some say they sighted him in Vrindavan, but you don't know. That he went to a doctor, now a doctor saw him, Ayurvedic, and said, I'll cure your sore in your head. He said, you cannot cure this sore in my head. <laughs> anyway, Haribo. So Arjuna passed the test, and chapter 8 is about Kunti, prayers of Kunti, and Pariksit saved. 
Krishna consoles the Pandavas because of all the people who died in the battle of Kurukshetra. They lost all their sons, Pandavas. Pariksit saved, and meanwhile, Ashtama threw the last Brahmashta to kill the last remaining survivor. Pariksit was still there in the womb of Uttara. And he went inside and saved Pariksit, who was in the womb. Um, then Pariksit saved. And the next part is Krishna's Kunti's. Kunti, uh, Krishna went to take the dust of Kunti's lotus feet before he went on his journey. He went to say goodbye and take blessings from Kunti, but she's not about to give her blessings. She is not going to allow Krishna to leave. And that's why the purpose of all her prayers is to keep Krishna with her in Hastinapura. So she begins her prayers by glorifying Krishna's qualities, how he's, nobody can understand, he's like an actor on the stage, and uh, then how he is with lotus flowers. Yes, it was with garlands of lotuses. So I will read that verse, verse 21. Govinda and, oh, that's not 20. Oh, Lord, obeisances to your lotus feet. Your body is always fragrant and sweet with a lotus garland and a cooling glance from your deity form for you be danced. So, yes, he's always lotus navel, lotus eyes, lotus feet. That's Krishna. So the last part is Krishna's protection. She's appreciating how he saved them from so many calamities. The house on fire, Jopadis disrobing, a snake uh, from different calamities. And how those who are rich and have so many material opulences, it's very hard for them to chant the holy name with quality. Now read verse 27. My Lord, you are owned by impoverished souls who have abandoned all material goals. Lord above the modes, yourself satisfied. Most gentle, you the monists guide. So lesson here, Krishna is easily approached by those who are materially exhausted. So we go to part two. Krishna's birth and activities. Kunti is bewildered how Krishna takes birth, although he's unborn. Well, so here are different reasons. She lists different reasons. Because Vasudeva and Devaki prayed for you, you came here. And then she glorifies Yashoda. I'll read that verse about Yashoda. Yashoda Mataji bound you with a rope. To correct your offense was her good hope. You were afraid and cried real tears, yet you aroused fear personifies fears. So that is here, how he's afraid of Yashoda. Vasudeva and Devaki praying, Brahma praying for him to come, different reasons. Now verse, um, there's another important verse here, and that is uh, verse, 36, I think. 
Let me check. Yeah. The one who continuously hears chants and is happy and others doing so will see Krishna's lotus feet. That will be here in verse 36. A lesson. If you hear continuously, hear chant, and you're happy and others chant, hearing and chanting, you will see very soon Krishna's lotus feet. So the second part, Kunti's fear of separation. She's saying, now everything, our kingdom is auspicious because it's marked with your footprints. And if you leave, everything will be inauspicious. So that's the lesson we already heard before in chapter 5. If Krishna is there, everything is auspicious. If he leaves, everything will be inauspicious. So I'll read verses 41 and 42. You are the universal soul, the personality who keeps things whole. O Lord of Madhu, let my attraction be drawn to you without distraction. As the Ganga River flows to the sea, let my love be drawn to thee. So she's praying for detachment <coughs> and just to love Krishna only. The last part, Yudhisthira's lamentation. Uh, he's lamenting for all the people who died just to put him in the position of emperor. Nobody can console him, not even Krishna, not the great sages. Nobody can, can help him in his lamentation. So they decide, we will go to Grandfather Bhishma and let him uh, console you. And, because he doesn't want to take the position of emperor. He doesn't want to, he's too distraught, he's too upset. He's too, so many million, maybe 64 million people died to put him on the throne. And that's overwhelming. He's thinking, you know, why just for my position all these people had to die? So even Krishna somehow cannot console him. Krishna managed with Arjuna, but he can't with Yudhisthira. And there's a reason for it, because Krishna wants to glorify Bhishma. He wants to show the devotee can do something he cannot. Okay, so what uh, we have a couple of lessons in this picture. Anybody remember one lesson? Mm -hmm. uh, if a person uh, chants and hears and continues to hear and chant and uh, is happy with an other chant and mm -hmm. hear, he will see the lotus feet of Krishna. Yes, very good. You will see the lotus feet. What's the second lesson? <coughs> theme, theme of this first canto. One theme that goes, yeah. Krishna is present, <coughs> everything becomes suspicious. If mm. he is not present, everything becomes inauspicious. And that goes for your life. If you forget Krishna, everything becomes inauspicious. If you remember Krishna, everything becomes auspicious. Good. So this, then we're going to chapter 9. This is the last chapter we will discuss today. Pandavas approach Bhishma. And so Bhishma was lying in a bed of arrows. All the great sages are coming from all over the universe to see what happens with Bhishma. They're coming to see a pure devotee here. They're all coming. Shukadev, everybody is coming to see Grandfather Bhishma. Leave his body. Now the second part is Krishna's plan. Bhishma was speaking with tears in his eyes. Oh, what terrible injustice it's 
you had to suffer for being the sons of religion personified. No one can know the plan of Lord Krishna, but you must accept the plan and follow it. Now you are the emperor and you should take care of the subjects who are helpless. So I'll read verse 15. How wonderful is time's influence, irreversible even in Yudhisthira's presence. The Lord, their companion and intimate friend, yet trouble for their brothers, had no end. So here, the lesson here is, although we may not understand the Lord's plan, we must try to accept it and execute it. So we may not, may not be logical to us what's happening in our lives, but we should accept, oh, this is the Lord's plan. Let me accept it and try to fulfill Krishna's desire, however it comes. So Bhishma appreciates Krishna here. He's offering his first prayers, and he's glorifying um, the relationship of Krishna with the Pandavas. He's telling Yudhisthira, you, you're so fortunate, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is, you accepted as your friend, your well-wisher, your messenger, your counselor, He's, he's the Supreme Lord. You don't know. So and, and then he says a beautiful thing, and that is verse 23. By devotion and chanting of the holy name, a dying devotee is released from mortal frame. Krishna appears in his servitor's mind and takes him home because he's so kind. So Krishna appears in the mind of the devotee who attentively chants the holy name and saves him at the time of death. So this is the second lesson here. And Krishna will appear in your mind if you attentively chant the holy name. And he will save you at death. So what, and in the last prayer of Bhishma, my beautiful Lord with reddish eyes smiles at me as my life expires. May he await my moment of death. I will think of him with my last breath. Okay, so what were the lessons we learned here? Anybody remember the first one or even the second one? It's been a minute since we said the second one, it took enough time to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yes? Well, the second was that if we attentively chant the whole chant the whole name of the Lord then there will be uh, Christian will appear in the mind and, and uh, also save us from the, the time death. of death. We chant the holy name of the Lord, Krishna will appear in our mind and save us. Okay, and what was the previous lesson? About yeah? Maybe it was earlier, really, but uh, that sometimes Krishna, well, that was earlier, that sometimes even Krishna cannot mm? solve the problems, but the devotee of Krishna. The problems? Uh, yeah, like, now that you wish to have Okay. But yes. that was actually earlier. All right. Yes? Uh, we might not know the plan of mm. Krishna, but That's right. we, we need to accept it and execute it. Yeah. We may not understand the plan of Krishna, but we must accept it and execute it. Okay, and the last picture. Uh, 
the end of chapter 9, Bhishma instructs Yudhisthira and tells him how to perform his duty of emperor. And finally, the time came for mystics who desired to leave their body at their own will. And what is he? He offered his last prayers just before he left his body. And he said, I want to see you as Parthasarthi, with holding the whip in your hand and driving the chariot of Arjuna. That was his Ishtadev, his worshipful deity was Krishna and Arjuna's chariot. And here, at one point in the battle, Krishna came with a wheel to kill him. And why did he do that? Just so he could uphold Bhishma made a vow that if Krishna doesn't help, uh, fight in this battle, then Arjuna will die. So, because Krishna had vowed not to fight, so Bhishma made Krishna break his vow in order to uphold the devotee's vow, to uphold Bhishma's vow. So Bhishma won that one, actually. He forced Krishna to fight when Arjuna was in trouble. Krishna picked up the wheel of the chariot and ran after Bhishma. So, that's yes, the lesson here. Krishna upholds his devotee's vow by any means. And the last part, Bhishma goes back to Godhead. And the demigods are showering flowers. And he's meditating on the forearm form. That was his deity. He worshipped the forearm form of Krishna. And he went to Vaikuntha. He went to Vaikuntha. He worshipped Narayana. So, what was the lesson here in this picture? Mm -hmm. um, what's the name of this? Bhishma. Bhishma remembers Krishna at the time of death, so he can enter my Okay. Any other lesson? Yeah. That uh, Krishna holds the vow of the devotee by any means. Good. Good. Okay. So we'll stop here. If there's any questions or comments, you can ask at this point. Yes. I kind of just the historical point you mentioned, the hippies, but kind of a, what they could have been in this picture. What were the hippies like approaching Christian people? It seems to be that they were the far most person to, you know, intersense gratification, rebellionists, like almost nothing to do with any religious things. So right, but still, right. they, it's the lesson that if they join, everybody can join. Yeah, that's a good lesson. <laughs> if the hippies can do it, so can you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. Because, uh, I mean, the hippies, they didn't have regulation or cleanliness yeah. or following any rules or regulation, following any rules. And they, they didn't accept authority. Can yeah. you imagine yeah. the hippies joining the temple and following authority? It's just so against the hippie philosophy. And regulation, no drugs, no licit sex, and no intoxication. <laughs> it's just like, how did Prabhupada do it? <coughs> he, he, Prabhupada was very powerful. He was a very powerful person. And, and well, because we were after revolution, and he, and he gave us revolution, spiritual revolution. He thought, yeah, 
Yeah, because the other revolution, you know, somebody else, you get somebody down, but then the people who go up, then they'll do the same things as the ones who are there. What's the difference between them? They're not going to change anything. Because they'll get in power and they'll just do the same thing. Right. Hippies, Kijai. <laughs> but Prabhupada changed the hippies into happies, he said. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two words you mentioned a few times. Krishna's only presence or something. Omnipresence? Oh, when, uh, when, when you don't think about Krishna, is Oh, auspicious. Auspicious. What, what's to this? How would you yeah, describe? Krishna. When you remember Krishna, everything becomes auspicious. So, if you, if you, if in your mind so many things are going, and most of them are, it, because you're living in the material world, most of the things in your mind are taking you down. So, how to change that, how to reverse that is to think of Krishna. And then, if you think of Krishna, the whole universe will, you'll be in harmony with the rest of the universe, and the universe will be your friend, and it will help you, and, and you will attract positive energy to you if you remember Krishna and everything will, you'll have a much easier life. Things will go much more beautifully if you follow Krishna's plan. If you forget Krishna, then you suffer because you think, I am the center, and I am the victim, or I am this, I am that. When you think of Krishna, you think, oh, Krishna's in the center, let me please him. And if you please him, then you're happy, you're automatically happy. So that's why it's good to chant, bring Krishna in your life, and your life will become very auspicious. You know the word auspicious? Okay, somebody translate. <laughs> now you know? <laughs> auspicious, yeah. Your life will be good. Good things will come. Good things will come. The auspicious, yeah. Any other questions? You mentioned in the third canto, some third diamond, chapter. Yeah. yeah, some diamond verse. Oh yeah, emperor verse. Emperor verse. Three, um, chapter three, verse twenty-eight. Are there many of those? Hmm. Are there many of those? Many more of those. No, there's just one. Oh. <laughs> Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Mm -hmm. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm -hmm. That's the Emperor, it's called the Emperor verse. Mm -hmm. There's only one Emperor. Yeah, right. <laughs> only one Emperor. <coughs> okay, any other questions? Okay, Jaya, I'll go to Shri Prabhupada. Yeah, yeah, yeah.